0: so uh so mold what's what's the what's the deal with that right guys
1: so
2: uh,
0: you
1: can't live with it can't can't live without it you know jerry <laughs> mold It's at my apartment. What am I gonna do? That was my best George impression.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm the new Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, so I'm I'm quitting TDG. This is my formal resignation. Be a stand up, stand up comedian.
1: <laughs> you should really open all your acts. With that mold bit. Oh yeah. You know, well, yeah. Last kid. night I was
0: I was at the I was at a bar. I was practicing it where a crowd went wild. They were they had ambulance had to come. Their their stomachs were just couldn't couldn't handle the laughter.
1: You had to pump their stomachs because of the mold.
0: Oh yeah, right. no, it was actually yeah. also infested with mold. Mm-hmm. the bar <laughs> I wanted you to really mold squares yeah. was it on
1: USC's yeah. campus? Uh,
0: and you know, I don't really like these details we're getting into. Why not? Well you know I just I like to keep my my, my comedic uh, efforts private for now before I, before I go really open with it so
1: well, welcome to the squawk. That was probably one of our most uh, ludicrous opening bits we've had in a while. Probably our
3: moldiest opening
1: Oh, yeah. Our moldiest opening bit. Probably the craziest since we had Amelia do the queen voice. Yeah, that was... That was maybe distasteful since it was literally the day she died. But you know what? It was fun. (laughs) I I had no...
3: That was completely Noah's idea.
1: Yeah, that's not true at all, but okay. Um, Hey, everybody. Welcome to the episode. Today, we have a couple cool stuff, things in store. We're gonna be talking about the mold you story that Daily Gamecock released this week, exposing the widespread mold problem across campus. Which um, we're all upperclassmen, but we all remember. Fine. I lived from in Capstone. I was, days.
2: Yeah. The mushroom hanging from the ceiling. In Capstone, from Capstone, yeah. Four fifteen. Wait. Let's go.
3: You are a senior right now.
2: I'm a senior. Yes. Oh, okay, so let so me introduce. Yeah. Let me yeah.
1: introduce our guests. So. You probably recognize if you listen to this podcast semi regularly Max's voice by now. Hi, I'm, um, I'm Max. We decided to just make Max a like, part time alternate host. So he's no longer going to appear as a guest in the titles or anything. No, that's not to hate just because you're on so much. And uh, frankly, you're like the third most
0: no this, this is cheap this is like uber like gig economy stuff like you guys are just doing me dirty here with the... no
1: no it's we, we're giving we're gonna credit you as a host okay. in the in the credits okay that's good. so you're just a a permanent swap in now okay I guess. so now i get the minimum
0: wage i don't have to all
1: right that's yeah good. <laughs> now you don't have to work <laughs> off tips yeah yeah, yeah for sure basically um but so congratulations max welcome to the squawk team semi-permanently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then I'm bowing right now. <laughs> our actual guest, Sean Young, not the actress from Blade Runner, but I wish my co-president, <laughs> yeah, I wish too, my I co-president of Gamecock Filmmakers. Sean, how are you doing?
2: Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you?
1: You're also on Carolina Judicial Council, so you're here to deliver all the tea. Yeah, that is the thing I am on. Um,
2: yeah, it, it's a lot of work. Um, not much to say about that, in terms of mold, at least.
1: So, big celebrity on USC's campus here today. <laughs> is yeah. today also Day of the Dead? Today is Day of the Dead.
2: Yeah, that's uh,
0: the They're playing Dawn of
1: the Dead at uh, Regal today, mm. actually. We saw I that, saw that earlier. If it's I wasn't fun. so tired.
3: No, don't you have,
1: like, a TV?
3: Don't you have a like you should just have, I do have like, a TV. Like, watch movies at your own house?
1: Steven, get off my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Movie theaters are elite, bro. I, you should I agree, know this by now about me. How do you afford that? Because uh, I have the I have the passes. It's like twenty bucks a month. I go to as many movies oh, yeah, as I yeah. want. Yeah, the, the yeah v- v- I don't I don't Crown even have membership. a pass. Well, but uh, now I'm AMC Stubbs list, but sure. AMC Crown membership. <laughs> hey, I, I have the I have the
0: the free tier of the Regal thing, uh, and sometimes I walk in and I'm like flex on the people I go with because I just buy me and my girlfriend like free small popcorn. I'm like, yeah, guys, if you guys had this, you'd be getting this for free right now instead of paying like forty dollars for popcorn and drinks. So. Yeah, I didn't want to turn this into a a sponsorship for Regal, but
1: you gotta do it sometimes. Yeah, I really want to try um, the food at those like AMC like dine-in theaters, Mm -hmm. you know, or like an Alamo Draft House. I've still never been to an Alamo Draft House, but anyways, did you
0: see the uh, the what is it the Dutch 14 AMC theater shut down and now it's like Bow Tie Management? It's supposedly supposed to have the um, the like actual food, oh really, bar and stuff, yeah.
1: Oh, I'm gonna have to go then because yeah. I saw that it reopened, but I didn't recognize the chain and I haven't been yet. But I should uh check them out. New movie theater, I guess, technically. New opening. movie theater with a bar. Yeah, I mean I'm the AMC, go with you. AMC and Harbison has a bar too. Really? Yeah, and uh mm-hmm. the Regals have they sell drinks. It's just not a full bar. Most movie theaters have alcohol now, Sean. I didn't know that. Even the Nick has huh. alcohol.
2: I didn't know that yeah okay. you like should have had a drink while we, we saw Tar: you really should have at like <laughs> 11 a.m
1: So anyways, other than mold, you were also here to talk about the new movie Tar which we teased last week. Uh, Sean, you came and saw it with me and Max the Nick uh, Steven, you did not see it. I'm sorry. but you'll be here for have the discussion anyway yeah Let us down Steven. Let we're going to the uh, the
3: uh, objective. Member of the group.
0: Yeah, it's about it's about making
1: roads like with tar and right. stuff. It's really right. really interesting. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. it's making. borderline experimental. Like it's <laughs> it's yeah. an Andy Warhol film. Yeah. In in it's. Kate plays know? a road herself.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's
1: why she's gonna win the Oscar. I mean, what yeah. a transformative performance! <laughs> right. Doesn't get any better than that. I like got a tar tar. You know, the tar best. tar. <laughs> Tartar. Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. Um, okay guys. Steven, um, you're the expert when it comes to mold you, so why don't you take yep. us away?
3: Big news with the Daily Gamecock, our mold you collaboration with the Post and Courier finally came out. Um, it was a really awesome project, a lot of ton of hard work from from many, many of our Gamecock staffers. Um I first th-
0: ever collaboration with a professional news outlet, right? Yeah, now? that was
3: pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I think, I think the story there really also is just the hard work of, of all of our staff. Um, you know, Kaylee Cota especially, lots of, you know, she organized and, and finally wrote the story, um, you know, set up that organization with the post Collaboration. But, you know, it, it was really fascinating um, to work on. You know, it, it, it revealed a lot about the university, um, their management system. You know, definitely go read it if you haven't already. Um, You know, a little behind the scenes, uh, you know, I think me and, like, six other reporters with the Daily Gamecock um, went through, like, 300 maintenance requests each. Um, I remember some really crazy, you know, it took me, like, two, three hours um, cataloging them, but I remember one time there was, like, I I, I would imagine, obviously, I I don't totally know, but, um, like, an entire floor... Uh, was had a mold issue in Capstone. That was really surprising. Um, you Do know. you remember what, what floor? Um, I don't remember. 15. Okay. Was
1: it 15? Yeah. 15? I, I had friends.
3: I was on 12. I had friends that yeah. lived on 15. Though. I was on 16. And I, I remember, um, you know, I, I, I would get really sick. We right. were all
1: on Capstone. <laughs> Wait, you were in, I
3: didn't know you were in Capstone, though.
1: Yeah, for oh, like a month. Okay. That's oh, how I met this right, floor. Right, right, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. He was my next door neighbor.
2: I was. He lived with uh, someone awesome.
3: Wait, wait, no! You're a junior right now.
1: We're both, we're seniors. both <laughs> seniors. I know.
3: That's what I'm saying. What do you mean you? I I knew you were a senior. What do you mean you lived there for a month?
1: Okay, so I started at McBride, which also had mold problems. You right. know, No surprise there. Um, and then halfway through the the year, I was like, I want out of here because McBride sucks. And uh, I transferred. And then you chose Capstone. Capstone? <laughs> yeah, well, because I was like part of the Capstone Scholars yeah, 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 thing, yeah. so they were like, well, we boy. could put you there. We yeah. <laughs> we could smat. We could smat. And uh, I knew some people in Capstone just from no like, Capstone being was in fun. Capstone's it was just kind of uh, events and I, I, I stuff. I
3: loved Capstone. Yeah.
1: I had a blast while I was there. The
2: month Noah lived there, Capstone was fantastic. Before that, it was just moldy and sad. Right.
3: I, I just agree. I brightened the place up with my yeah, presence. And it was just moldy and, and, and fun. I, I I don't even know you at the time, but I you know, I remember remember about 2 months into school. At some No, like tournament. second week
1: of January to uh, when we went March home. 8. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, March 8th. Yeah, till when we got sent home. Wow. Actually, it was later than that. It was like the end of January. Yeah, I think... I only really, really lived there for like three months. I thought
2: you moved in in February, so... Yeah, what it's
1: probably true. Too. Day that will forever and live in infamy. Like, several of my best friends that are all of college came from those three weeks, so... It was really meant to be. You know, sliding do- You know how they talk about sliding doors oh, moments God. in sports? Max is cringing because it's like a Bill Simmons-ism or whatever. <laughs> Um, what is it? I don't. They know They were that like, is. they asked me. They were like, so what floor do you want? Do you want like the third like floor? Do you want like the fifteenth floor? And I was like, well, fifteen seems really high up. I don't know if I want to take the elevator. But then I was just like, you know what? I don't care. Just place me wherever. But they offered you? And they a floor were like, that's cool. Yeah, they were like, what floor, be floor be you want? Transferred. Oh, yeah. Well. And so I just said, give me whatever. And she's like, all right, fifteen. And here 15. I am today. Now I ha- you, now this guy's on the podcast. You
3: know what's insane about that is you know I was sixteen, right?
1: So, so we were so close. We
3: were so close. What what like number sixteen what,
1: uh, 15 Like 1? if you took the elevator up, I was in the back right. Back 15, right 11, so like 15, was Fifteen eleven. Fifteen eleven.
2: I think.
1: How I was, the hell do you I remember was 15 that? Fifteen twelve. Okay. Okay. So that I, I don't. Remember yeah.
3: I know exactly yeah. where you guys were. I was four, so I was like right outside the elevator. Because yeah. you didn't have sweet mates, which we were kind of jealous of.
1: Honestly, it's safe. Oh, to you s- were a corner. Yeah, okay. I was corner. I had well, corners were always the my, stinkiest though. My uh ventilation roommate like had a girlfriend in honors college and so he was always there so i basically had a bathroom completely to myself
0: yeah my uh my roommate so i was capstone for a full year uh fall 2020 um to spring 2021 uh and my roommate transferred uh after one semester so i I had a single the second semester which was uh not as fun as you think because everyone's like oh i wish i had a a room to myself but it was mostly just depressing and, and lonely so
1: yeah Honestly, if it wasn't for how shitty the living conditions were at McBride, I never would have moved to Capstone, which both set me on the path towards movies and daily gamecock. So right. we have to thank the mold in McBride and my terrible roommate from McBride for <laughs> this podcast existing. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Does the squawk endorse the
1: McBride's mold? Uh no. Okay. Okay No. They should still fix it. Actually, you know what? Do one better. Tear all of McBride down. <laughs>
3: You know what's funny to me is I, I remember when I was reading through the McBride reports and they were like, you know, a lot uh, the guy I spoke to said, you know, he saw them in, like, the light fixtures and the bathrooms and stuff and, like, in, in one, like, room which just got coated from the air van, I guess, or something, but um, I remember going to McBride, like, once or twice for my buddy who lived there, and, and it was, like, not that much different than Capstone, his room at least, because it had just been renovated, so we had, like, nice new furniture... Like brand new lighting, and like he had like a thermostat that was like digital. Where is I McBride? Remember? I don't really. It's like right. Yeah, it's right like there. right outside. Yeah, oh, okay. we're
1: in the library for reference since this is an audio format. Right, <laughs> right.
3: You can't see our hands pointing.
1: Yeah, no, you can't see the tiny. Yep, squawks to have the, the right. video format. <laughs> right. Dude, right. dude oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we should make a squawk streaming service. <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah. Would anybody subscribe? No. I probably would. Well, okay, used, well, so. you know what? We talked about low key uh if we ever like after college if we ever like kept doing the podcast independently doing a Patreon where we did like the audio commentaries or whatever that we experimented with one time. Oh, that was fun. We could charge like 5 bucks a month for that. But uh, yeah, we do live We we'll have to dealing. change that. We'll have to change the name of the podcast cuz We well, let's do the Squawk
0: talks. uh Squawk goes on tour. Let's squawk do, tour, on do on live. Tour. Let's get let's do get like shows. uh let's get MSG out. Let's get all the big venues, <laughs> TD Garden.
1: Honestly, just by virtue of being there, we'd probably at least get some people. They'd be like, "Oh, I wonder what this is." You <laughs> what know? Are these losers. Yeah, probably yeah, put, it, a-
0: put it on the uh, Garden Media Group company card. <laughs> Rent out Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Garden Media Group can afford it. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: definitely, definitely.
0: And we're all paid so handsomely. You know, uh, you Gamecock,
1: Gamecock filmmakers gets a pretty big budget of like uh, two hundred dollars a semester or something like that that we don't even use. Where do you get that from?
2: <laughs> Wait, do you guys have dues? It's student council. No. it's all oh, student council. Okay, yeah, do but we don't use it because you have to
1: use it for like disposable expenses. Yeah, it's
2: got to be for like field trips. Yeah, and which stuff. I'm so like, right off.
1: I'm like, wouldn't it make more sense to like buy stuff that the like club can use in perpetuity? Like, wouldn't that be a better use of the funds? But I guess not. What they d- they don't want us stealing all the merchandise. Wait, so does every yeah. club get that? The two hundred? Uh, <laughs> it's four hundred, I think. I think it depends it. on how you register your club. Okay. There's like a philosophy different...
2: Club, I don't know if we
0: we get that. They they get it, they if you just don't share it Wait, yeah. did, okay. did you
1: found Philosophy Club Max? No, I'm
0: a, I'm a I'm a I'm the secretary of it. My friend is president. Apparently it was only my friend's a uh, year ahead of me and he joined when he got here. Uh, around the same time you guys did. And he said it's only been around since, like, 2016 or something. So do you so. guys
3: just, like, talk, like think?
0: Uh, yeah. Just, like, uh, uh, I guess this is a... I think. This is me pitching philosophy club. Uh, no, it's mainly just uh, we have a topic and then talk about it for, like, an
1: hour, hour and a half. So, like, a podcast. Yeah,
0: pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Club. It's yeah. it's not at all academic. There's only, like, one philosophy major, and he usually, like, blows their minds with, like, the weirdest, most niche philosophy class information, but...
1: As it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, are there any... D- we're really getting off topic already. Are there any <laughs> details or specific things you want to dive into, Stephen, about the mold story that you found yeah. interesting? I mean, Is I'd there a difference between uh, mold and mildew? There's no difference. Okay. that's We
0: clarified Strange. that. Strange. You haven't read the story,
3: apparently. No, no, I, was
0: just, uh, I remember that was one of the initial things. No. That U- the USC makes that distinction, right?
3: They, no, they just say, like... Noticed mold and mildew.
0: Well, because like, remember there's like M M&M and M, and everyone's trying to, yeah. to figure out. Yeah, it's just mold. They it's call weird.
3: it mold and mildew, but mildew is like by definition. There's a peak mold. behind the behind the curtain there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, 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 I it was really cr- incredible going through all those documents. Um, you know, the McBride finding was crazy. You know, um, I remember seeing. You know, it's it's it is interesting. Um, how many, you know, are, are sort of difficult cases. Um, I don't know. What are you guys' mold story you were saying you have one. So the entire 15th floor of Capstone, if you open
2: up the ceilings, everything in there is completely molded out. Or at least it was my freshman year. Uh, so, so did you get sick? I did. Many. many oh yeah. Times. We all got sick. Everyone we got sick.
1: When we got sent home, we were like, for COVID, we were like, were we all sick because of the mold or because of COVID? COVID? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, But they decided that they were going to change
2: out the ceiling tiles while no one was there. Uh, So I had to stay over one extra weekend for an exam. I think it was a chem final. And they changed out the ceiling tiles just completely. All new ceiling tiles that entire weekend while everyone was gone. Uh, And there were like three of us left on the floors. And we were the only ones that knew what was going on.
1: So were the new ceiling tiles in when I moved in? Yes. So what
2: floor was the mushroom? Fifteen. Was this so, wait, so? Were you
0: there the year the famous barstool mushroom? Yes, we were. Okay.
2: we we saw it. Um, uh, one of our uh one of our four mates, Hayden, uh, was the one who made it famous. Wow! Yeah.
3: Wow! Did you guys
2: celebrity.
1: uh, you know, smoke it? Oh, of course. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually what started COVID. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was the was yeah. that, uh, the <laughs> Capstone 415 Mushroom. They decided to do shrooms with the Capstone Mushroom. No, yeah.
0: I, I, was, uh, I was actually at Capstone, uh, I guess, a year after you guys, because you were, what fall 2019 was one. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I went in as a freshman there, and I remember over uh, Christmas or winter break, uh, so first semester we could open the, the tiny windows, like the jailhouse windows, like, uh, a smidge. You yeah, get,
3: yeah, like, three inches.
0: Yeah, because I guess uh, someone committed suicide by jumping out or something. And that was the, the urban legend, anyways, is why you couldn't open it all the They threw pizzas way. out of them. Um, Throw okay. Pizzas. Oh, that's some, some mm-hmm. that's Breaking Bad reference right there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, shut um, the kid named Finger. Um, so, uh, over Winter, uh, they sealed the windows shut, which I thought was really annoying, because I liked opening it, getting any kind of, uh, circulation into that room. Um... And they said that was to help the um, the mold and like air circulation by sealing it shut. But
1: apparently, that only uh, hurt. That sounds yeah, counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. McBride also. So I, like I said, I started at McBride and then moved to Capstone. McBride from day one, the windows were completely sealed. There, you mm-hmm. can never open them. And it's an all boys dorms. That is has communal bathrooms. So you can imagine how bad that gets. Yeah. What? Well,
3: <laughs> did you just like not shower for the first few months or what? <laughs> no, I showered <laughs> in the communal. Did you have shower shoes?
1: But. I mean, they had like stall doors. Tell it's not like, you, it's not like you were hanging out. Yeah. With, how moldy. Yeah, was that? I had I had I had flip flops. I was okay. not going barefoot. Yeah, I had shower shoes. <laughs> Don't worry. All right, I'm not not
2: that grody. Going um, back to the, uh, the the window ceiling, we had to seal up our window with duct tape because it wasn't closed properly, so there would just be wind blowing in 24 <laughs> 7.
3: That's actually my window did that too, but I always found it kind of comforting. Yeah, I like I like you know, I, I like that. My, Wait, who on our floor had the like window camping.
1: that was like? almost, like, falling out of the window. Was that you? Uh, no, because we duct-taped ours up. Okay. There there was somebody, I feel like, on our I floor. I think it was
2: Bailey, Erica? I think it Maybe. I but knew... There was,
1: was somebody that, like, the window was literally falling out. And, like, if you moved it too much, it would probably just, like... <laughs> it would fall off. It would fall like, off, like, the building from 15 stories. And you could stories. just fall out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew a couple people who,
0: who broke their window open, where <laughs> instead of uh, it being, uh, like, a smidge, they, they got it to go, like, fully, like, 90-degree angle. Um, yeah, people that, on my
3: floor did that too. Yeah,
0: bro, Capstone. There were so many good memories. Uh, so many. Honestly, hits.
3: I feel I feel cheated out of my. This is this is making me remember how great it was. But yeah. also, how cheated it was. yeah,
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. we yeah we were so cheated out of our freshman year. We were trying to lost to, like two and a half months to launch. A you guys franchise. had a you guys had a that? semester <laughs> where you actually got
0: to got to do stuff though. Twenty The the two semesters well, I, I was spent there that w- semester
3: McBride hating
1: myself, so okay. I don't know if I exactly I mean, got I spent to enjoy that, that semester. <laughs> I lived it
3: up in Capstone. That was such <laughs> a great time. Man, Capstone was great. I, I, as far as mold goes, though, I never had any, like, physical, like, you know, maybe a couple of mildew spots, maybe, little spots of mold. But I, I remember, this is kind of gross, but, like, I would wake up sometimes, and, like, my eyes would just be, like, Infested with like some sort of, like you could tell something. You should go to a doctor. I, sh- I, well, I I almost did <laughs> okay. after like the second or third time. So infested? But then,
0: what does that mean? No,
3: no, my eyes weren't infested, but like they would just have like, <laughs> like bleeding from your. It was like I had pink eye or something. I mean, I obviously did not have pink eye because <laughs> it'd go away in like two hours once okay. I left the room. But it was like obviously like molded it would blow under my pillow and it would like get into my eyes and That's my so eyes gross. would just be so irritated mm. and like like leaky
0: yeah I, n- leaky I never got sick and i don't think i ever really Everybody remember just seeing mold. On his pillow <laughs> <I think so. laughs> yeah it's yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> the, the, one thing i remember <laughs> about
2: captain was just the smell like oh, it was stale a, it was musty it was yeah. stale and musty was the restaurant
0: open when you guys were there
2: the one at on the bottom or the one on no the top, the
0: top one oh, yeah I, I went on some once. sundays i still don't even think sundays that thing's so open yeah. it was so weird i remember the elevator would sometimes randomly send you to the top floor people would be like, oh, it's like, you can explore Oh, yeah, those it.
1: elevators were always <laughs> fucked. Oh yeah, there, there, there was
0: three of them, and only one would ever work at any given time. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I can't
3: believe you were in Capstone, Noah. Huh? Right, right darn heckin' below my...
1: Right foot. below you.
3: Right below me. I mean, we yeah. had to have been on the elevator together. I mean, maybe not me and well, you, but like, it was only me like, and you. It was only, yeah, yeah it was only like oh, well, three yeah.
1: weeks, but you probably saw Sean sometimes. What, uh, what
3: room did you live on A 16? 16.04. So. It was How like, do you guys remember this? I have no idea
1: side. which one I was... I 12, didn't remember. Sean had to remember for me. <laughs> yeah,
3: twelve. A, I knew a lot of people on twelve. I a lot of people on like four, twelve. I think I even knew people on fifteen.
2: Um, I mean, we knew a bunch of people on sixteen. Like, who did you know? Uh, we went to. to I had you on one with a bunch of them. Um, Luke lived on sixteen. Uh,
3: taller guy.
0: Yeah,
2: taller yeah, guy, curly I hair. Him. Uh, yeah, there. Are, like, there's a. I'm sure if I sat down and thought about it, I could name. At least five. I, I was actually. Like, uh, I feel inter- like
1: it's not crazy though, because I feel like the capstone and honors college pipeline to like Guardian Media Group is pretty <laughs> strong. Like, yeah. you know, no, it's it's true. definitely not a coincidence. All four of us here lived in capstone at some. point. Fun story.
0: I tried to. Uh, I I transferred to honors college after my second uh, semester was rejected, very unfortunately. So, kind of have a kind of have a spite for honors college now. But um, yeah. I I actually interviewed a lot of people on my floor. For the mold U story, because I, I went into these dormant group chats that hadn't been used in like two and a half years for U 101 and like my floor group chat, uh, being like, do you guys, do you guys have mold freshman year? And I actually conducted two interviews. I don't. Uh, I, they didn't contribute to the um, the reporting at all because they were pretty not very informative. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was what they say. Uh, well, one person they actually lived in Green Quad. And she had a good interview, but then when I went to look at look at it in my uh, my audio recording, I had no idea where it was. So it just vanished. So I never got to write the... Um, good journalism right there. Yeah. It's <laughs> that, that never happened to me before. I have no idea where the audio went. Um, that moldy. The second interview was just like the... It was, like, uh, a fun interview, but it was just a lot of conjecture and a lot of sensationalism. With yeah, you know, th-
3: that's what I got in my, A lot of conjecture in a lot of those interviews. But, yeah. You know, I mean, who's to say they? it was not moldy in their place, but they're like, it was black mold. Yeah, was he, he was <laughs> acting like it was,
0: uh, it was uh, like, zombie outbreak or something. Where was it's it? the
2: real reason they tore down Cliff, the the black mold zombie outbreak. Yeah, yeah I
3: mean, don't get it wrong. They definitely had mold, and there was undeniably a mold problem, and many of the cases were, were severe mold cases, but that's not to say I did talk to a number of people who had no mold and were just like, my shower keeps getting this spot in it, and uh, I think it's making me sick. Okay, I have these to say these people just need to be
1: more hygienic. Having some seen do, yeah. having been to Cliff like freshman year and hanging out there with some people, it looks like a Call of Duty Zombies map. So like <laughs> I'm not surprised that all if the, there was the... a black mold zombie outbreak at Cliff cuz if that's... it's if it's the the part that's what
2: caused the Cliff UG out uh, crisis. Yeah.
1: Most people probably like that go to the university now don't even know Don't what know what is. Cliff is. I, I yeah. don't know what that is. Wow. Where yeah. was it? Oh, it was right next to Bates. They oh okay. tore that down, Yeah, I've uh, I have not heard earlier. anything good about that area. So yeah. yeah well, House. now they're building a whole new complex over oh, there. Oh yeah, so. the
0: the village, uh, something or other. There's a Daily Gamecock article. Go read about that.
1: Yeah.
2: Bates House and Bates West also just full of mold.
1: Yeah, it says in the article, like in this little infographic, that Columbia Hall, Capstone, and South Tower had the most. Uh, yeah, it's really uh, Columbia it's Hall's number towers, one, right? I guess. Yeah, Columbia Hall's number That's one. That's really
0: interesting because uh, I remember I had friends in, in Cola Hall, and that is way more, it's way nicer, way more modern than uh, Capstone, at least for my anecdotal experience. So it I don't it know. felt Caps- like
3: insulated or something. Yeah. Like, Capstone kind of just felt like sometimes you were camping. Like, I mean, my window <laughs> was just open at all times. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember I would get in my bed at night and it was you, like. You making, like,
0: fire pits and stuff. Yeah. Your RMs would still,
1: still love you. <laughs> yeah. The the rooms in Columbia Hall suck though. They're so small.
2: They're like three person rooms too
1: for a lot of them.
2: Yeah. Are they? Yeah. No. Yeah. I I had, I had
0: one friend who was living in a in a corner and it was three people, but it was only two
1: two people in the three person room. Yeah, Capstone. I feel like he had a lot more space.
2: You did. It was a big room just because it was so long from the hallway to the outside.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Those crazy hallways, so narrow, so oh, many weird I things happening. I remember uh, my dad yeah. would
0: come and uh, to pick me up freshman year or something, and there'd just be, like, beer cans littered the hallway. <laughs> there were, I remember, like, there was, like, a beer can in the water fountain just, like, chilling there. And, like, the trash room would always be overflowing with some random nonsense that, like, 18-year-olds aren't supposed to have access to, so... A lot of uh, towels times.
1: underneath doors to uh, block oh, the weed smell, God, you know. God, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, there was like a some room got swatted on my floor like first two weeks. Where I was <laughs> swatted? Was, yeah, what? Do you it mean was crazy. Swatted? No, legit. It was like I don't know. I just remember uh, looking into the group chat, being like, "Guys, like one of the rooms is getting like raided right now." Like yeah, cops, legit raided. came up to the. Yeah,
1: yeah, the cops had come up, but swatted. No, dude, it was like LA, it was like
0: LAPD. It was insane. Well, that's still police They're officers. Like <laughs> SWAT. Yeah, is they like, like FBI,
1: flashbang right? the student. Uh, SWAT <laughs> is FBI, military. Yeah, you know,
2: I think it's I think it's the FBI. Yeah, yeah. SWAT's but, FBI, yeah. right? I don't know. I just Who remember knows? that time when that uh, the the person broke into Capstone, like the the homeless man. The cops were just roaming every single. Yeah, this might have too. been before you. Yeah,
1: I think I like moved in like shortly after this happened. I feel like, because I remember people talking about it. Guys, I think this is just like the, the Capstone podcast. Yeah, <laughs> was just, the just the reminiscing do about you guys Capstone. Ever,
3: are you wearing? Oh, I thought I saw the Capstone shirt. Sure. Do you guys ever wish you had taken like more videos and like like I I, I wish I could like
1: of us doing stupid stuff. No, I no, mean, I was only that, there for three, like, three weeks even and even I have a lot of what videos. what my room looked like? You know
3: what I mean? Like I have a handful of oh, videos. Like I didn't even live there long enough for it to like, really make a digital footprint like mm. in my phone. You know. The the. Best I
0: have a lot. Of, video, I have a lot of Snapchat
2: memories. I have a mm. few. Yeah. the The best video I have from Capstone is I broke my ankle freshman year. No and, way. And uh, my roommate, it's him knocking over my crutch and. Oh, that's just th- eating shit <laughs> on the hallway floor. That's oh, an incredible that video. Like I wasn't even How there, to on my phone. I jumped off a hay bale. Um, okay. Uh, fun
3: story. Must have been a big hay bale. It was a very big hay bale. <laughs> I guess hay bales are kind of just, you know, large. They're bales.
1: Yeah, so th- I guess that's mold you. Share your uh, yes. campus mold stories. Your moldiest story. And
2: off-campus. My my off-campus apartment yeah. is full of mold, too. Wait, where are
0: you living? I live in Redtail. Oh, yeah, well... I, I hear all these horror stories about off-campus apartments, and I'm at Stadium Suites, just chilling. Like, it's, well, it's your good. your
1: apartment definitely has mold, but it's uh, no okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no, no, no. My apartment is sparkly clean. Everybody remember the uh, the floor picture from oh my gosh, our Twitter over the again. summer? Uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> I got a squeaky... You came over yesterday. You're fine. <coughs> Yeah. you're not sick yeah it, Honest, honestly honestly you're
3: is undoubtedly not squeaky clean. i do i <laughs>
1: am i am th- i do think i'm coming down with something so <laughs> you know but i blame that more on you being sick max okay yeah so we'll see if I'm sick as a dog tomorrow that's it's your fault that's the mole i blame here. your f-
0: your the, floor, the mold, <laughs> in Max's the mold room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he literally. Uh, he went to my. Uh, we watched Shining at my girlfriend's apartment, who's also at Stadium Suites. And the first thing he does, he goes into the kitchen. He's like, "All right, let me see if the the dirty floor is a Stadium Suites thing or just a Max thing." Because he's like, "Oh, so the floor is clean. I guess it's just a Max
1: thing." I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god." <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to. F- I had to keep the bit going. You know, dedication to the bit is of utmost importance. <laughs> I respect that. Um, but yeah, no, no, your apartment looked good yesterday. That's good. Good to hear. Yeah. And you let me throw out my trash there. So thank you. Yeah. Noah sealed what approval.
3: Did you, you to get rid of a body or something. What do you mean?
0: He threw out not only okay. Taco Bell, but also
3: Bojangles. Yeah. So I went to
1: Taco <laughs> Bell. The line took like 45 minutes, but I had I ordered it, it on my phone in advance. Uh, so I wasn't just about to leave, you know, cause I wanted right, to get my course. food. I already paid for it. They gave That's me double so the, the amount place. of food, but all of it was made wrong. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, I got extra food, but I'm not going to eat any of it because it's all made wrong. So I got to Max's house, opened up. I was like, fuck this. You um, you, you, you remember you, you, you're saying like, t- this, t- is, this is a lot heavier than what, it, what I think it should <laughs> <Yeah>. be. <laughs> you didn't even <laughs> you like it.
2: throw it at a homeless person in five points. You just like threw, threw it away. away.
1: Yeah. I mean, wow. well, you I was already at Max's house. Yeah. Well, where was I gonna Ranks, put it? You he didn't, didn't want to eat it. No. Well, eat what? It.
0: What? You you opened it and you're like, "This has ranch." There's no way I can eat this. Or something
1: oh my god. <laughs> it was fucking doused. It was terrible. I mean, and ranch there was a bunch gross, of other so. stuff in there too that was not ranch that I also didn't. Why order didn't you on just it? try to eat it? Because I don't want it.
3: Sometimes you gotta be a big boy and <laughs> eat Taco Bell when it has ranch on it. No.
1: So you know what I did? I went to Bojangles and I, I got a chicken sandwich. I respect sandwich. that. That's, yeah.
3: that's better than. Taco Bell, anyway.
1: And then my stomach killed me for the next six hours. So. <laughs> it was loud. Yeah, <laughs> Max is like, during the movie, he's like, dude, tell you something to shut up.
3: <laughs> Noah is a uh, Taco Bell apologist. So be careful. You guys just, yeah. just bumped. He's, he Honestly, our Taco fast Bell. food discussion you on last Taco week's Bell? episode
1: was kind of elite. Yeah. That was one of our best conversations on this show. Noah
3: says Taco Bell is, is some of the healthiest fast food you can get. Some of the most stomach-relaxing. Uh,
1: yeah, honestly, like compared to the other Mexican places, like or quote unquote Mexican places like uh, Chipotle or Mo's, like Taco Bell sits with me better? We, we debunked okay. his. his I, I give you that claim one, here. Not yeah. that good. Also, I'm pretty sure it has less calories than like McDonald's and Bojangles and all that shit. So. Bro, I do You'll not when, I, when I go to fast it, food.
0: I do not pay attention to the calories. I'm like, I'm eating fast food right now. Like, I know it's not good for me. I mean, that's
1: true. I'm just, I'm just saying. I feel healthier after I eat Taco Bell than pretty much any other fast food.
0: I don't know. I'm a burger guy. Whenever uh, it's either chicken nuggets or burgers when I when I get fast food. I mean, whatever, mommy's right, cooking. <laughs> <Like,
3: laughs> like, what? Who's What's mommy? <laughs> his, whatever his mom. Like, he wants chicken chick- chick- nuggets, glass of milk for dinner. Chicken nuggets and a, nuggets a glass of that milk.
1: That's a terrible <laughs> combination. Psychotic if you drink that. Yeah. I mean, it's chocolate milk. That's pretty oh, solid. Right. Dude, milk, the kids' juice. meal at Bojangles <laughs> is mac and cheese, fries, and a glass of milk. <laughs> that is deranged. <laughs> Who would eat that? Who would eat fries, mac and cheese, and milk together? Apparently, kids. That's Honestly, all sides. That. It's
2: not even like a main thing. It's
0: just. Yeah. Did any of you guys get the the adult happy meal at McDicks?
1: Oh, I heard about that. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't tried it yet. What's in it? I I don't know. One
0: of my friends who's a hype Um, beast posted about it on his Instagram story. It was like, "Look at this! Look at this clout." Do you guys know the McRib's coming back?
2: That's so gross. There's no way I'm
0: ever. Dude, it always like
1: comes back and then leaves and then comes back. This is like the fourth time they've done it. That thing looks so gross. They do it every year. Yeah,
2: the whole point is to build hype for the McRib. I'm never
0: touching. No one wants. Just Uh, just leave it on the menu. It's worth
3: trying at least once. There's
0: no way. Have you had it?
3: I I, oh I have had it. (laughs) You know? Okay. Here, here's my here's my take on the McRib. It's actually,
1: it's, it's, <laughs> this is what we all came here it's for. It's actually
3: pretty good.
1: Okay? You know, the the thing, thing is, it's just a little soggy. <laughs> like if they can give me a
3: McRib <laughs> with a little less of the barbecue sauce on it, it's pretty damn good, I'd say. You know? Is it actual ribs? No way. I mean, what from McDonald's <laughs> is real? But. You know, I can live my fantasy that I'm eating a rib sandwich. I just don't want to
0: get ribs at any fast food
3: restaurant. I mean, yeah,
1: that
0: there's just there's sounds no like a it.
3: It, It's no different than like any other mystery meat from McDonald's. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, a, like maybe slightly chicken leaning barbecue meat, you
2: know. Are you, are you a chicken McNugget guy or uh, like a, a burger guy at McDonald's when you go?
3: I'll eat whatever. I mean, I usually get the Big Mac for anything. What would you compare it to the, the Big Mac? The McRib to the Big Mac. Yeah, I mean, I would say the the Big Mac's pretty unbeatable as far as anything goes. But, you know, no, okay, I'm not ordering the McRib in in the sea in the seasonal, you know, festivities when the McRib returns. I've had it like maybe a collective five times.
1: That's yeah, kind of a saying,
3: lot. <laughs> if someone, like, gave me a McRib and was like, here's dinner, I'd be like, oh, cool. You're making I'm like, it sound like you are like, a prisoner, and they just, <laughs> yeah. like, throw, yeah. they, like, if slide was in the... Prison, if I someone gave me a McRib, I would be happy. That would be a good day.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: That's true. Your final meal <laughs> right. is uh, the McRib. Isn't, like, McDonald's
1: pretty be common, common prison food? I've i heard that. I
2: don't know. I, so, uh, everyone's
0: obviously seen Pulp Fiction, the row with cheese. I had a friend who went to France. It was just a quarter pounder. According to them, damn. Well, yeah, that's in the nineties. Because
3: the metric I mean, system.
0: I guess <laughs> it's the
2: metric system.
0: But I feel like it, after Paul Fiction, they would have wanted to, to stick with Royale with the Cheese just because of the the movie. Yeah, if it was actually ever ever there.
1: Royale Cheese. <laughs> um. All right, guys. Any other thoughts? Last closing thoughts on mold? You or the McRib or anything I think else? That
2: the metric system. The McRib <laughs> <laughs> should get covered in mold and then. It'll be
1: perfect. Yeah, You know what McDonald's used to do, the seasonal that I used to love? The Reese's uh, McFlurry. Mm. And they oh, haven't done yeah, it in a long actually. time. I thought you were going to say the Shamrock yeah. Shake. That's
3: that un- inexcusable. The McRib is one thing. Wait, what? What's wrong with the Shamrock Shake? <laughs> That's inedible. Bro,
0: what? <laughs> it's terrible. So do you, <laughs> do you, do you not like uh, mint chocolate chip usually?
3: No, mint chocolate chip is actually my favorite flavor of ice cream. What the fuck? The Shamrock Shake is like if you... Like, if an alien... <laughs> like tried to make mint chocolate, like, or like someone <laughs> like described it in like an AI made Shamrock flavor. I
0: don't know. I the chocolate shake is like I always try and get that at, at McDonald's. So I'm a yeah. fan of their ice Problem cream.
1: Ninety percent of the time, yeah, they it's not. Won't serve it. Yeah, I thought in, it was pretty gross. Yeah, my, my friend. This is probably not breaking any ground. I think everybody knows this by now. But uh my friend who works at McDonald's, he's like or worked at McDonald's a couple years ago. We've got like, an inside source here. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, the whole shake machine's broken. Like, we just don't want to clean you it. You see, like, the <laughs>
0: FDA was uh, investigating it. Yeah, I mean, they should. Yeah. It's false advertising. Yeah, no, no. Biden was legit, like, uh, the Biden administration said they were uh, uh, investigating it. No, it was it. Biden himself. Yeah. He woke up
3: one morning and was like, someone get <laughs> on those McDonald's. <tunnels." laughs> no, no,
0: he, he cruised into the drive-thru Honestly, <laughs> trying to get some, trying to get some ice cream. That's how it happened Biden me. is a famous ice cream, yeah, ice
3: cream
1: uh, liker. Did you see Biden was on Jason Bateman's podcast today? I know. How did they get that? I haven't listened like, to it yet, but um, I guess Obama this? was on Bill Simmons. But like, yeah, but still, still,
3: like, how does he find the time in his day to go to these like comedians' well, podcast? a country. These to run.
1: liberals aren't taking their job very seriously, Steven. That's what I'll tell you. What? Well, I just mean like I feel
3: like smartless. I mean, it's the only podcast I, I listen to, but. <laughs>
1: Not the nice. squat,
3: Well, yeah. No, I listen to the Squawk <laughs> every Friday. Yeah. Honestly,
1: I mean, I like Smartless, but if Smartless is the only podcast you're listening to, you may as well not listen to podcasts. Well, oh, that's <laughs> what I'm saying.
3: I, I don't listen to podcasts. Like, I just don't really like... Like, I'll listen to, like, an educational one every now and again. Like, you know, I used to do the NPR What do you, What do you
0: thing, do when you're driving on, like, a three-hour drive?
3: I listen to music. Bro, music? I mean, if it's, like, over three hours, I'll put okay. on a podcast. okay. You know, but... Like, the like three hours yeah. is enough time to listen. I mean I do
1: a three hour drive twice a week for the, my uh, trash side hustle and uh, if I didn't have podcasts I would probably go insane
3: I just put on um, I call it the Noah playlist and it's just uh, that one um, song Psycho
1: Killer
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> <The> psycho Killer? <laughs>
1: by Talking Heads? Yeah, I mean I do but love that the, song yeah exactly that was a forced joke. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I, I couldn't remember any other talking Head songs off the top of my head.
1: This must be the place. Once yeah. in a lifetime. Yeah, it's actually this must Heaven, be the place. Heaven. Life hours. during wartime. Slippery people. Oh, Steven, are you going to do the uh, Spotify rap
0: thing
3: again? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay, let's go. We'll do it. Oh, I'm looking forward for to that story. Of, I got a lot of spite for it last year, I feel like. I, I, spite. You know, I'm going to do a better job on it this okay. year. Okay. You know, I, I think I, I executed it a little poorly. This I liked year will it. Be better.
0: Hopefully, there's less Oliver Tree. I, no, got, I got no a lot shame. of shit for that.
1: No Steven, shame. can Max and I uh, settle right now live on the pod who gets to review White Noise?
3: Yeah, sure. You guys give me your, uh, give me your, your pitches why you think you should be the one. So
0: I uh, am an editor for the Daily Gamecock, uh-huh. and putting
3: Noah anywhere, is not. Yeah, yeah, and Noah also hasn't written a single story this <laughs> semester, I might say. But then again, he keeps he's the beating heart of this podcast.
1: Yeah, I'm keeping it going. You owe me one. I, I guess you're right.
3: No, yeah. no, didn't we already set
1: all
0: this? What, you wanted to review Fablemans, right? You got Fablemans, I got White Noise. Well, we're doing I,
1: Fablemans on the podcast, so okay. I don't feel like I need to write about it. How
3: about this? I'll review both of them. You okay. I don't get to review either okay. of Okay. I'll right, do a really sure. crappy job of it. Just I'll do
1: them. Babylon or Glass
2: Onion or something. Yeah, I'll review them all, guys. So don't worry. Just, yeah, yeah. You just want send them my way. No, no you review our reviews.
1: <laughs> yeah, Stephen, Arts. arts I, I just called you Stephen. Sean. Join New Arts arts, Join arts, are, yeah.
2: arts uh, for Daily Gamecock.
1: You do a good job. All right, moving on. Tar. We have, we have a movie to talk about, guys. Tar. The
2: best road-paving movie
1: I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, incredible. Kate Blanchett. I mean... How did they make the tar look so real? I, it was I don't so know. It was just, no, it was just Kate Blanchett.
3: She's just, she just
0: was like, laying on the ground.
3: She went full method for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she injected her body with... No, it was actually that.
0: really unsafe. She went to, like, an interstate just laid down on the ground and, like, took her life in her own hands. <laughs> See what a road feels like. <clears throat> so, Lydia Tarr, uh, world-renowned composer. Uh, uh, I think composer. You mean Linda
1: Tarr. It was Lydia, right? Uh, s- Sean, that's a spoiler. Oh, my bad. Yeah. No, you can spoil it. Spoil- wait, wait, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. We yeah can spoil since
3: it. I haven't seen it, just give me a rundown of the movie. Give me your best, most poetic s- summarization.
1: Okay, so it's about this fake composer who's, like... She's real in the movie. Well, yeah, she's real in the I movie. Thought it,
0: I thought it was a real composer going in. I thought there he's was a You guys have already
1: interrupted in my plot <laughs> description. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, so it's about this fake composer, real in the world of the movie, who's, like, at the top of her game. She, like, does the Berlin Symphony or whatever, whatever it's called. Yeah, first female conductor of the, yeah. Um, Berlin harmonica, is that what it's called? Philharmonic? Philharmonic. Phil Phil, Phil, she Phil plays Phil the harmonica. harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> No. It's like Inside and Davis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's Inside and Davis for the ladies. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay.
3: Inside and Davis is for the ladies. That's, That's true, because Oscar is. Isaac
1: great. is just so good-looking. Honking. So and it's the a movie, movie is for movie so
3: great. It's a great
1: movie. Um, Speaking of great movies, Tar. Tar. Um, and she does a lot of morally questionable things. Like what? Um... Well, that would be a spoiler, Quick, Steven. quick interrupt. No, want I want spoilers. a spoiler. Okay.
3: Well, let's do let's do a spoiler, no spoiler okay. plot summary, and then we'll... Quick, yeah. Quick interjection, though. Has anyone seen The Piano Teacher? No. The movie? No. no. I have not seen it all the way through, but it always pops up. It's like a Criterion. Wait, all the way through?
1: I, like, I haven't... I've watched do you mean like The Piano
3: or The Piano Teacher? The Piano Teacher. Okay. It's on HBO. It's a Criterion movie about this, like... Just go look it up after this. Okay. I, for the record, I've not. I do not endorse this movie, but...
1: Interesting. Yeah. So she does like bad, reprehensible things, like um, sleep with her students and promote them within her orchestras as like return for sexual favors. Um, and then she'll like kind of cut them off and it kind of drives some people mad. And she gets quote unquote like canceled for this. But that's kind of what the movie's about. But the movie's also kind of about like the genius myth and like. Deconstructing these, like, great people that we build up and, like, should we build up great people that have all these problems and are clearly, like, insecure. Um, and it basically just follows her in, like, a couple weeks of her life, like, doing different symphony things and um, kind of the build-up to her, quote-unquote, downfall. Um, and then the downfall happens, and it's kind of a slow and depressing downfall. It's not really, like, you know, this is not, like, a tense... Thriller, you know, it's not like the second half of Goodfellas. Kind Have of you down. seen the trailer for this
3: movie? I, they really would sell say, it as a thriller. Yeah, I thought it was like a horror movie
1: almost. Yeah. Based on the trailer. Yeah. I mean, there are some light horror elements. Uh, yeah, a little bit.
2: There's a, there's a few scenes where it, it kind of verges on horror.
1: Yeah. In the the best comparison I've seen is like that, it, it's in a very like Kubrick way, mm. in the way that like, even in his non shiny movies, there's like elements that are very unsettling, you know? Mm mm-hmm. um, but it's a really interesting movie. It's a character study. Cape Blanchett is fantastic. Um, I don't know. I love so many things about this movie. I don't want to just uh, keep explaining the plot, though. What, you, what are your guys' thoughts, Sean, Max? Wait, I'm,
3: I'm still a little... So, like, can you just give me, you know, as spoiler-free as you can get it, like, opening, climax, and end. Yeah, you so... <coughs> uh,
0: I'll take a swing at this. So, uh, Begins, uh, New Yorker convention with uh, a real New Yorker writer, Adam Adam Gopnik. Uh, it's like a huge exposition dump, but it's really interesting. They, they, they sell it well. Where it's Blanchette talking about, you know, why she's so great. That's um, kind of going through her life. Uh, she she speaks to fundraisers, things like that. Um, introduced to her partner, her uh, adopted child. Um, she, and then uh, probably like, I don't know, like 45 minutes or so, the, the movie takes a turn. Where she's uh, teaching a uh, like a guest lecture at Juilliard um, with these uh, composing students, and kind of has this—it's uh, like, um, uh, like a all—it's a oneer where she like a only one shot uh, this whole scene. It's, and like it's ten minutes long. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's shot, like an intellectual yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, debate between her. Well, it, it, it's supposed to be intellectual, but she's pretty much just ridiculing this kid um, who uh, says their uh, uncomfortable thing. Is it Bach? It's Bach. But, yeah, yeah, Bach, Bach. because uh, uh, they say Bach is um, misogynistic um, and sired uh, with 21 children, something like that. And was and, white. Uh, yeah, Kate Blanchett's uh, Lydia Tarr uh, is saying, you know, you got to separate art from the artist, and it's just this huge thesis. Um, and then ever since then, it's like, okay, this character is like a pretty, <clears throat> at least like at the very best, like just kind of an asshole. Um, and then it kind of follows from there about... Uh, her losing control of uh, of her peak and kind of where that goes. See, that's fair.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's fair. It's very much about her trying to hold on to this kind of power that she's mm-hmm. invented for herself, and kind of um, as a celebrity, you create your own myth, or at least you have people around you that help create your own myth. And uh, when her myth and her, you know, persona starts to slip, how she reacts, how she kind of crumbles underneath the weight of it. Um, And it's all told very, like, um, implicitly, not explicitly. Like, she doesn't say, like, oh, my God, all this is happening to me. You just kind of, like, see it. Yeah, canceled is never uttered in the movie. Yeah, they never, like, say, like, she's getting canceled or anything. It's just kind of... The re- she has to accept this new reality about mm-hmm. her life so what I'm hearing is,
3: like, career. halfway through the movie, there's a title card that just pops up that says cancel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it
1: doesn't even happen halfway through the movie. I think if you go into it being like, oh, this movie's about cancel culture, you're going to be disappointed because, like, it's really, like, only, like, the last, like, third, maybe even last quarter, you know? Like, most of the movie is about um, just her and what her life is like.
0: Um, yeah, navigating yeah. Uh, this really highbrow intellectual... Uh, World of Orchestra, which at least I wasn't familiar with. So I thought it was really interesting just to dive into it. Um,
1: There's a lot of, like, terminology that gets thrown around in the movie all the time about, like, composers and the history of classical music. And it seems daunting, but part of the reason Kate Blanchett is so good in the movie and why the movie's so well written is that you don't really need to understand all that stuff to be into the movie or to, like, feel what's going on, you know? Um and it makes that world seem interesting. Yeah, great score too.
0: Yeah, really great score The I, uh, I I read the Girl the, uh,
1: Joker did the score. Oh okay. Yeah. I read
0: the um all the the diegetic music w- was made live, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, interesting on yeah. the set, yeah. yeah.
1: Um but you also have uh other than Blanchett, you have Nina Haas playing uh her wife. Um and then oh my god, I forgot the girl's name from Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, plays her assistant assistant I, yeah understudy and the assistant is kind of an interesting character because she's like the closest to her in some ways even closer than her partner but she's also the one that kind of is the first to tell the audience in some ways about the wrongdoings that Tar has been right uh, conducting behind the scenes um,
2: which I didn't read into it like that at all now, for when we do get into the spoilers,
1: um, I said we can go spoilers. Yeah, now. Uh, I uh, think spoiler f- warning. Yeah, go, f- see yeah go see Tar. Yeah, go see Tar. Come back good. to this. Tar's I think fantastic. We all gave it a thumbs up coming yeah, out of theater, no. so it was great. Yeah.
2: Um. So, I for the longest time uh, was thinking about the movie as a Lydia Tar apologist. Um, I really was. <laughs>
1: As in, you are a Lydia Tar apologist.
2: Yeah, okay. I, I'm a
1: Lydia Tar apologist. You're
3: like when she's like being an asshole. You're like, oh, that's yeah.
2: Yeah, I get where she's coming from some of the times. Okay. Um, the 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 sexual uh, assault stuff. I me not so much. I don't <laughs> think it, it was. Well, just it wasn't. A, it was like grooming, right?
0: Grooming, right? That was yeah. a, the the particular word they used. Where and
1: it was with adults. It wasn't like she yeah. was like targeting literal children. But she was still in a much higher position of power yeah than so, so she's uh right.
0: she's accused um in this really slow process that uh there's this pattern of her taking on these understudies and then um uh it's um, uh, it's explicitly said that pretty much every relationship uh she has is transactional in the sense that she's uh getting some kind of sexual pleasure out of these uh, relationships um while uh, while the understudies are um uh moving up in in the professional world and uh uh, it's really interesting because um, it, it comes from the uh, weird sense where she she's uh, she's a woman and she's a lesbian, um, so already kind of disregards the um, the like white male like it is uh, taking over and like mansplaining and everything and like doesn't really know what he's talking about. Like it, it corners you in the sense that she's this progressive um, like trailblazer because she's the first female to. Lead like a major orchestra, things like that, so um and it's also a lot I feel like a lot of the movie is objective as it can be with the sense where it's not really taking sides one way or the other. At least until the very end where I don't know, I mean even then you could probably come away with it uh on one side or the other and like with a pretty good argument, but
1: I think honestly the biggest tone of the movie it definitely does not take sides, but what it does is it's Framed in a way that really highlights the comedy of it. Like, the movie is really secretly a comedy. It made me laugh a lot. Like, it's clearly the writing and directing is kind of making fun of the main character in this whole, like, pathetic image or world that she's trying to hold on to. Um, and you do sympathize with her, even though she's done bad things. Like, Sean said, you're a apologist. I thought, for the longest time, the
2: assistant was trying to to, to like, coerce tar I didn't see it as the other way around um until we learned about the other one
1: um, um so and yeah. I think the funniest part of the movie is that like it does do a lot of work to kind of build you onto her side in a way like I almost think like the masterstroke of the movie is the fact that the kid that she basically like tears apart in that like oneer scene the 10 minute like intellectual debate she has with this kid who like doesn't like Bach is that the kid she's arguing with is like I don't, I don't want to say objectively, but like, he's pretty fucking annoying. Like he, you would like his whole like demeanor, the way he's talking about the music. You're like, all right, chill out, man. Like there's a little bit about him that where you're, where you're just like, stop, like just, just stop. Like I don't know, but they really do get because she's so captivating, and he just seems like a weasel compared to her. So you're just naturally drawn to what she's saying. You're naturally going to feel some kind of inclination towards her, even if, you know, intellectually, you're like, what she's saying is being a dick, you know? Um, So I think that's just one of the, like, little scenes and the little, like, performance things that Blanchett does. And the the guy who acts, I don't know the actor's name, in that scene is great, because he does play it that way. He plays it very ineffectual. He's constantly, like, shaking and nervous. Um, So you really don't... You really want to be on... Tar's side throughout the first half of the movie, but your brain is kind of fighting that urge because you know that she's maybe not at that point. You don't know if she's problematic, but certainly there's a lot of unsavory parts about her personality. I
0: I, I think you could go into that scene um, hating her really. I like uh, I I know not that it's the the movie's um, stance, but I think there's definitely a lot of like she really she really isn't. Quiet about her opinions on things. So if you have any kind of, um, you know, strong take on uh, on how we deal with uh, problematic characters of the past, then I think you could really hate her from that scene um, and think she's completely wrong. Which I I didn't really fall in that, but um, I can see how someone could be could. Um, like it doesn't paint uh, I think Max is the the character's name it doesn't, it doesn't paint him as like this idiot like he brings up good points but then it's just it's dismissed so swiftly where it's like in a superhero movie where they're just shooting at this like Superman where it's obvious like the bullets aren't aren't hitting him but they just keep on trying anyways.
1: Right. I think that's like common a common thing we see in like classrooms or like any kind of place where you have somebody who's obviously like has like 30, 40 years of knowledge and is very eloquent where it's like, even if the person they're debating against is bringing up good points, it's like ultimately still, they have a lesser understanding of the world. They have Mm -hmm. a lesser way of expressing it. So they're always going to get absolutely bodied, you know? Um, And you kind of understand why they're getting bodied, but you're also like, they should also have an opinion. So like I said, that's why the movie is so good and so interesting is because, you know, every character has something interesting to say that may change your opinion on the rest of the characters in the film at any given moment. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, that's that's not all we have to say. Um, I want to talk about the I think the funniest scene in the movie is when um, the apartment for sale. No. Okay. No. Uh, the funniest scene that in the movie. Funny, that was pretty funny. Uh, the funniest scene in the movie to me is when, so she basically meets sees this celloist who's like this brand new like very young um person in the orchestra who sh- she's clearly
2: oh this scene sexually yeah, this attracted to
1: um and she has dinner with her to welcome her to the or lunch i think to welcome her to yeah. the um orchestra and this woman this young woman is very like uh, out there she's very like space cadetty like she's clearly not paying attention to tar and does not care about her greatness or whatever and tar is like kind of intrigued by that Um so she, promotes, she basically promotes her in the orchestra by saying like our company piece is going to be a solo cello piece and then she's like and by the way the main celloist you don't get the job we're going to have auditions and then obviously the celloist that she wants to fuck is the one that gets the <laughs> that, job yeah. and the whole scene where she's announcing that to the orchestra is so funny <laughs> because like you just you've built up in your head like you know you've gotten a little inkling of the stuff that like makes her a problematic figure or like a controversial figure and then you just see her actually do it in action and it's just like the most it's satisfying it's disturbing all at the same time and like Sean and I just looked at each other in the theater and we both started laughing like it's an incredible moment like all the way this shit is staged is really interesting
2: Lydia tar down tremendous is uh, yeah. I think exactly what we said
1: ultimately the uh message of the movie is don't be down tremendous <laughs> <laughs> max you have any thoughts on that scene
0: yeah um i don't think uh when i was watching it i guess i wasn't um as aware like so you guys when you were watching it you were saying that oh she's gonna she's gonna do this thing she's uh, to get to the get to the celloist to get to the young cellist yeah so i wasn't um as uh fatalistic i guess when watching it i was like oh wow that's that's pretty slimy um yeah, she does a lot of slimy stuff in the movie where it's, you, you're you like, oh, that makes sense. Um, but then, uh, like, if you just take it at face value, but then when the, the movie gives you hints and gives you these, these clues about why she would be doing these ul- ulterior motives, things like that. Um, it's very good, it's very smart in the sense that um, it's nothing where it's, like, point and look and be like, this is bad, guys. It, it's a lot of, like, uh, almost... Um, like just, the movie is so highbrow with the the, the classical music, um, that it's almost like, to to an outsider, it all makes sense until you really realize with the the clues it's giving you, and when it when it gives you more perspective into the world of like how things actually work and things like that. So, um, you start to you start to actually realize like, oh oh wow, this is this is really weird and slimy, and uh, people are kind of just going along with it because uh she's a genius and she's famous and everything like that
1: yeah i do think that the main ideas that the movie has on its mind have to do with the whole idea of celebrity like i was saying earlier like i don't think it's any coincidence that the director todd field um writer director todd field he played nick nightingale in eyes wide shut the piano player um and obviously this movie like i said feels very kubrick and Eyes Wide Shut is a movie, you know, all about kind of the inner lives of famous people and people in power and obviously Kubrick cast like Cruz and Kidman in that to kind of try and I don't know if he did this intentionally, but I would say it's definitely intentionally is to kind of tear, tear away their personas, their public personas and kind of strip them to the bone um, and figure out what these people, these larger than life figures are like emotionally Um, and I just feel a lot of echoes of that film in this. And I also think that the whole rise and fall and the way it makes fun of its main character is very Barry Lyndon. Um, and that it does kind of, even though this movie, I don't know how much time it takes place over. It's probably only a couple weeks. Um, and despite that, it does feel like an odyssey, you know, in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I think it is, um, just a few weeks. I'm not sure about the, the ending part because, uh, as you were saying, it, it kind of builds up to her downfall. Um, but when it does happen, it is instant. Uh, you, you see the second the downfall happens um, on screen. I think it's it doesn't take place in more than 30 seconds, and then her life is completely over. Uh, and Then you still got another 20, 25 minutes of movie left um and yeah i'm not sure how much time uh what do you guys think of the the downfall because i've seen some people criticizing it
1: yeah i don't i don't think the criticisms are make much sense to me because i think a lot of the criticisms like sean i don't think you meant this as a criticism but just as an observation When we came out of the theater you were like i didn't really like the, the last 30 minutes felt very like slow and unemotional and i w- just it kind of took me out of it a little bit but i kind of think that's what the movie wants you to feel. And I thought that that in itself was very powerful because for these these people, when they lose it, it's not... A lot of the time, it's not this big, bombastic, crazy thing. Like, people don't always go to prison. They don't always, like, get put on these crazy trials. You know, it's just slowly they just lose their influence and one day they can't do that thing. They just stop... People stop returning their calls. People... Like stop hanging out with them, you know. Yeah, there, just... there's a
0: pretty explicit. I mean, she. So she eventually loses uh, the orchestra that she got uh, famous as a trailblazer of helming, and then she, when she loses it, she she storms the the, the I don't know the. Stage and uh, you know like pushes over the conductor who replaced her, and like
1: I don't know that was, that was pretty explicitly like she lost control there. So. Yeah, but I I don't I wasn't saying that like she still had control she mm-hmm. has lost control and i think that's the one moment where it is shown to be like a kind of a, a complete loss of control a, com- a complete blow up emotional breakdown right. yeah. but for the most part that last 30 minutes is very slow it's very pensive it's very mm-hmm. reflective um and i would argue that she hasn't really learned anything i mean if you think about the last no no couple there, there, scenes, there's never like, any redemption arc
0: it's just like how can i continue to make music
1: right Or how can I continue to make money? Or how can I continue to find a way to exploit people? No, I don't. Yeah, I I, think
0: think there there is a genuine love for music, though, because I mean, why else would she? Like, she she was obviously well off. She could have just like sat on her sat on her, you know, like fat checks that she's gotten from famous orchestras. But uh, instead of, I don't think she.
1: I think her lavish lifestyle... I don't think she has fat checks to sit on at the end of no, the movie. absolutely not. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't...
0: I think the the reason she went to... She goes to some southeastern Asian country and uh, conducts an orchestra where it's revealed to be this really tacky gamer cosplay thing.
1: Oh, I have some notes about that, by the way, that I need to tell okay. you. Okay. But, um, no, uh,
0: but I, the reason that I took that is... Like, she could have just, like, chilled and, like... waited, waited to kind of play out or something assuming she's not getting indicted or anything and then she could have you know gone on some some book tour about some memoir about like uh why i was taken down by the woke liberal mob or something and she could have like played it out but instead she goes out of her way to continue making music um so i took that as like a genuine like she wanted and also i mean there's a scene where she goes back to her childhood home and she's watching uh uh, conductor that she's looked up to and says you know like why like going on this monologue about why music is so beautiful and she's crying in that
1: scene so I can't t- I can't totally take credit for this take because I mean Max I think you also listened to the big picture episode that podcast and like fantasy Sean fantasy on that episode said that her like going back to like watch the music like the music documentary or like performance whatever <laughs> at like, her childhood home and being all like oh, it's the love of music, and I'm crying watching this, like, it feels totally false. It feels like total bullshit. It's just a way for her to still be famous, to still have power, to still be an influential person. Like, I'm sure, yes, deep down, she does have a love of music. That's why she got into it in the first place. But it, as you go on throughout life, being this larger-than-life figure, it becomes less about the thing you started it for, more about continuing... The power. The, the, the power. I don't know, I think I, I,
0: there, there's never any explicit uh, loss of power. Like, I still think she could have gotten gotten away with just going on some lecture circuit or something and talking about what it was like to be a trailblazer and, like, going on talk shows or something. Maybe that's me being so cynical of, uh, like, standards that people have for um, people
1: and what they what they let them get away with. But I, I mean, thought... Theoretically, yeah, in the real world, you could see her, like, becoming, like, you know, like a frequent Fox News guest or something, yeah, like Percy like Swanson, that. like or whatever, any of these celebrities who stop getting roles and then decide to do that. But I just I think that the reason she doesn't do that and she does she goes to the like Monster Hunter convention thing or whatever is because she does first of all, it's the PR guy's idea to do that. He's like, we're gonna start slow, we're gonna make a comeback. It's like ultimately her goal is to make a comeback and be this big dominant force in classical music again. And I think she knows that if she went that route, that you're talking about the lecture circuit, the Fox News guest appearances, all that, like it's over. She, it, it's over. Like at right. that point, you're admitting defeat. You know, she doesn't I don't know. want. She's not admitting defeat. Which, in some I ways, I feel
0: like she is, though. If she, if she's in some ways, that's admirable. To the...
1: But in other ways, it's like just give up. But also, I do think that there's an implication in the last thirty minutes that she's on in financial trouble i don't think she can just sit on the fat checks like obviously her wife is going to ask for a divorce i don't even know if they were legally married but clearly like she's gonna take the kid in probably the nice apartment and she's gonna be left with her kind of old study or whatever and she probably doesn't have enough money to keep up that she starts taking cabs in the last uh 30 minutes as opposed to limos that she was riding around in her town cars the entire movie um Obviously she goes and stays at her childhood home instead of when she comes to New York, instead of, um, getting an apartment. Like, I think it's very clear the intention. And I do want to make some notes about the last scene, which again, I can't totally take credit for this, but I read a comment on Reddit that, which I did notice this when we watched in the theater. Uh, if you notice in the opening credits, there's a, um, acknowledgement to monster hunter world,
2: I didn't The that.
1: ending of the movie is a Monster Hunter World uh, concert, and that's why it's, like, all the anime kids dressed up wow. as, like, Monster Hunter World characters. That's incredible. And um, I don't think it's, like, mock... Like, I don't know. Like, you could see that as, like... There was, like, a piece um, of criticism that said, that like, the movie was, like, racist because it was making fun of, like, Monster Hunter World and uh, Asian culture. But I don't think that... Because she feels, like, lower having to do that, which... I don't think that's making fun of the people doing that. I think it's making fun of her for like having to do do that because she thinks it's lower like the character does. I don't think the movie thinks that it's quote unquote lower art or whatever. It's probably more popular than classical music. But <laughs> um clear, clearly she feels like completely emasculated by this and she's mm-hmm. not a male, but there are a lot there's tons of themes about the movie about how oh, she she literally she, uh, uh, is,
0: she she goes up to a little girl and says I'm
1: I'm this daughter's I'm my daughter's father. Yeah, and she's so. like Obviously, like dress is very masculine and there's like themes of fitting yourself into a masculine role to move up in society. And there's a lot of readings you can have about the movie with that, too, about how women are forced to become masculine, to be successful. Anyways, she's totally emasculated by this anime concert, this Monster Hunter World concert. And the thing I saw on Reddit that is really interesting that I think adds another layer of it is the entire movie. She's talking about, like, why is a conductor important? Like she's always <coughs> defending that position. Like people, like a lot of people are like the musicians have the sheet music. Like, what do you even do up there besides wave the stick? Um, why are you the artist? You know, you didn't write the piece. Why do we revere you as opposed to the people playing the instruments or the person who originally wrote the music. And her whole thing is like time. Like I control the pace. I control <coughs> the meaning. And in that concert at the end, she's given a headset. And apparently in the musical world, those headsets dictate the time. Mm so she's not even really conducting she's not even getting to do the one thing that she believes the conductor adds art to so she's completely stripped of all power in that moment
0: yeah so yeah I, 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 uh, I read that as she loves music so much she loves conducting or maybe she, she just wants to feel some kind of power of inkling that she used to that she went she uh, through, through her, her perspective not mine that she lowered herself to this you know in quotes lower art and went to this um uh, you know, and it's uh, this con- conditions of a country that she's not familiar with and that she would probably deem as, um, you know, developing country type thing, and she she goes through all this and uh, she's doing it because of her love for music, I don't mean love for music, just love to be in control of something and this is their only out for outlet for that but I, I thought that it was, I read it like that, I didn't read it as like, this is the only way she could have made money, because I feel like she could have made money in different avenues that we discussed
1: previously, but yeah I just well i I agree with you that there's other ways she could have made money and i like I'm saying I don't think she did it purely because she needs money
3: mm-hmm.
1: I just don't think she purely did it or did it because she just loves music yeah like there's an angle she has an angle there's a reason she's doing this, and it is ultimately definitely a selfish reason
2: to get back to the top so yeah does, gotta yeah.
1: start at the bottom right and in a lot of ways it's admirable that she would actually go through all that work to maybe do that well you know the movie ends so you never know if she'd actually keep it up but um in other ways it just seems pathetic it's like Mm -hmm. the fact that you like had it all and you threw it all away because of your own lust and greed you know and you threw away I mean it's no coincidence that she puts on the headset and then is completely seems completely alone from the rest of the world I mean that whole last 30 minutes even when her brother shows up the old family house um you know, they're never framed close together. There's no embrace or anything. Like oh, she yes, has nobody yes. in her life at that point.
0: You mentioned Linda. Yeah. What? What's your take on that? Because you said you were gonna.
1: Oh, she changed her name. Yeah, she changed. Lydia Tar is a stage name. Yeah. Linda no, Tar with two R's. <laughs> do you think there's any name.
2: reason to? Uh, so from what I saw in the movie, it's she just went to Peru, and then I guess as soon as she started getting famous, she no longer wanted to be associated with what she was as a child. Hmm. And then just took over the stage name.
0: Kind of a
1: Saul Goodman-esque. Yeah, it's a Saul Goodman moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe a little less uh, evil, evil yeah. than than that. But you know, it's it's a similar vibe. Um, so yeah, I I absolutely loved it. Nine out of ten, best movie of the year so far.
2: What did you uh, What do you think about the idea that she was set up to fail because the assistant had the key? right, to her house, and then when the assistant left, her house got broken into, and her sheet music got stolen.
1: Well, no, I think definitely the assistant set her up in some way, but it wasn't like the assistant fabricated all the stuff that she did. Like, she still did all that stuff. The assistant just did some morally dubious things to expose it. Mm. Okay, I would say. And actually, the stuff with the sheet music is probably like that disappearing. That's probably the stuff I understand the least from the movie I didn't really totally I I didn't understand
0: I thought because I mean they do the concert without her so I just thought maybe that they just came in during the day and then her partner was there and she just gave it to him Mm -hmm. I didn't ever take it like someone uh, illicitly stole this because I mean they do the concert without her it's it's obviously
2: sanctioned so I don't know all I know is the assistant had the key and they set that up earlier in the movie and then after the assistant gets mad at Lydia uh, the sheet music goes missing And then the, I guess it was um, one of the charity guys at the end was doing it. Uh, And he he had expressed interest in wanting to do Lydia's music the exact way she had it. Um, Yeah, I was wondering about that. Why do you even think she was there
0: when she storms the stage? Well, probably because she was pissed off. No, I mean like
2: why would they like allow her on the on the stage? Well
1: because I don't know if they
2: quote unquote allowed her
1: yeah, out there.
2: there. She was probably know. she
1: she probably just showed up. It was probably yeah.
2: condolences just to like keep her from like going ballistic and then you know it actually well, made her. Yeah. Or like go obviously
1: she knows a lot of people in that sphere. I'm sure she could like people who don't totally know the situation behind the <coughs> scenes, she could probably like be like, Hey security guard, I've seen for like three mm-hmm. years in a row. How you doing? Just walk past. Yeah. The, I don't I don't think the logistics of her getting into that stage would be that difficult. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, good movie. Four and a half. Out of five. Out of five. <laughs> okay. Yep, four and a half out of five for me. Nine out of ten. Yeah, nine out of ten. Max, you the same? I concur. Yep. All right, Steven, did that make you want to see the movie at all?
3: Very much so. So much. I, I really regret not seeing it. I mean, if, if only they just cut out the whole movie. Experience or cinema just went right to the streaming service. Oh, shut up,
1: Steven. (laughs) You can make it to the theater. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so great movie. Definitely see it in a theater while it's still playing. Um, It went wide last weekend, um, so hopefully it's playing somewhere near you. I know a lot of places that are not big cities, including us. The Nickelodeon I have have playing it in Columbia. So, yeah, if you're in Columbia, South Carolina, the Nickelodeon is playing it this weekend again. Um, I believe next week it gets replaced by Banshees of Inisherin, so see it while you can. But speaking of Banshees of Inishirin, we'll be back next week to talk about that movie. Steven and I I'm and Max are going to be, okay. be seeing it this weekend. Sweet. Max, do you want to come on the pod again next week to sure, talk yeah. about it? Colin sure. Farrell.
0: This is his third Got the penguin. Got uh, uh, this after is his Yang. fourth movie of the
1: year because oh, okay. he had Thirteen Lives, that Ron okay. Howard movie. I did not which watch that. N- nobody watched. Oh,
0: I didn't know he was in that. That's yeah. the the uh, scuba scuba dive with the kids, right? With the soccer team. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he's got four movies this year. Okay. The
1: Feral Sans is here. Bro, I mean, the
0: the penguin stuff is so great. Yeah. Uh, Take I, it easy, I, I I I went down a, a rabbit hole a couple weeks ago just watching all the makeup application of that. It's so insane he did that. Kind Of excited for the, El all, Rata. the TV show, yeah. I don't know, I kind of hate that, yeah. I kind uh, of hate I that actually, you know,
1: what? you're right. Okay, I was just like, Can we just, I don't know, I just hate how every They're like,
3: oh, this was good, let's make it into seven <laughs> TV shows. Okay, the, yeah.
1: only, the only reason I would be excited, I'm excited for the Penguin TV show is just because um, of Colin Farrell, yeah. But I like, mean,
3: he, if he's doing it, like, he I feel like he has some self respect, like, oh, yeah, if you, <laughs> if you, you know, he's not gonna,
1: I mean, he used anything. to do a lot of trash earlier on in his career, but I feel like lately he's pretty selective yeah, with his projects right. like he tries to do things he think will be good. Um so Batman I, a Halloween I tr- movie. I trust, yeah. It is a Halloween movie, although we're now like November 2nd. We're now like yeah. 3 days after oh, wow. Halloween when this comes out. Thanksgiving so. movie. <laughs> Maybe Batman 2 would be on Thanksgiving. Yeah. All right guys. Thank you all for listening. Thank you Sean for being here. It was great to have you. Thank you for having me guys. Uh anything you want to plug?
2: Uh, Carolina Judicial Council? No, I'm good on that one. Okay. Um, Gamecock Filmmakers. Trouble. Yeah, don't get in trouble, guys. If you're underage, don't drink. Ha ha. Okay, Dad. Uh, Gamecock Filmmakers, uh, we meet every Thursday. We make movies. It's fun. Yeah. Noah and I are both doing it.
1: Yep. Um, so We're yeah. co presidents. Join the club. Thank you for join joining above. us, Sean. And we'll see you all next week for Banshees of Inishirin. Uh This podcast is hosted by Noah Trainer, Stephen Passis, and Max White. Uh, edited by and produced by Noah Trainer, Intro music by Stephen Passes and Bryson Carroll, created by Michael Salls. <laughs>